Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. In this lesson, we're going to talk about words that your teacher might use when they give you writing feedback. Now, these words are really, really important, but you may not quite understand what the teacher means when they give you these words. Um, and I decided to write this blog because when I do the Friday feedback in the Members Academy, we had a few new students and all of my old students know what I'm talking about because they join every Friday. And if I say something is too wordy, for example, they know that that means there are too many words uh, or not concise enough. And some new students says, well, what does wordy mean? Or what does flowery mean? Or what does slang mean? And I realized that this is so important that you get this right from the start even though you you might be a bit overwhelmed by the number of words but but don't be because most of them i think you know and and a lot of them are synonyms but it's really good to just get a really precise understanding of those words and understanding also why they're important um and I really thought that they were so important that I put them in day one of my boot camp, my writing boot camp, which started this weekend. It was a kind of mindset lesson. It's getting your head around what IELTS wants from you. Now, there's no magic or secret about what IELTS wants from you. IELTS just wants to see a, a nice piece of academic writing. But academic writing in itself has a lot of these terms which are really important. And, and I teach academic skills at university and I get a lot of um, a lot of my students that I say, well, that's a little bit subjective or opinionated. And they say, I, I just don't know what you mean by that. Um, so hopefully this lesson will clarify things for you and make it easier for you to understand how to move from A to B, from where you are now to what a, an academic text expects of you. And, you know, anytime you read uh, an academic article, you'll, you'll start to see this. You, the, you, these things that I'm telling you will, will stand out a lot more. Because when the teacher gives you feedback, there are usually two kinds. The first kind is, is about language. And everybody understands that because that's what you've studied. You know, the grammar, the teacher might say, OK, spelling, punctuation, even things like articles, third person S. You know all that. That's kind of the easy stuff. But the difficult stuff is, is it's all about content and academic style and this glossary of terms, it's on my website. Go and find it on the front page, IELTSETC, examtrainingcourses.com, and you'll, you'll find this list there. And in fact, I'm, I keep adding to it. Like yesterday, we did writing feedback on day one, and I, I said it needs to be more concise. So another word that wasn't on my list. And I've got lots of examples of those for you. I've divided these the adjectives into two parts. The first one 
is the positive adjective. So what the examiner or, or your teacher is looking for. So let's start with that. And they are alphabetical. The first one is the most important. It's just appropriate. So the word appropriate is all about your, your style and your tone. We talk about that a lot when we do general training letters, task one, because your your tone needs to be appropriate for the person you're writing to. There's a completely different way of writing to a friend compared to when you're applying for a job or um, writing a letter of complaint. They're completely different. And you have to choose the most appropriate tone. And this is the academic tone. And, and I've got a whole other blog about how to make your tone more formal. Um, again, if you go to, I'm going to click through now, actually, because I'm looking at it. So how to make your, your tone more formal. Um, things like I've got here this nice list do's and don'ts of formal writing. So don't do slang, don't use cliches or quotes or idioms or proverbs. Uh, don't use contractions. That's another word on our list. Don't ask questions. Uh, don't invent research articles that don't exist. I know lots of teachers tell you to do that, but just don't. Um, don't use any kind of stereo stereotypical language. Um, and what else? Avoid things like pronouns. We'll talk about that later. Uh, phrasal verbs, emotional language, vague language. Okay, sorry, this is all on the list. So I'm going to go back to the list, back to appropriate. Um, so that was the first positive adjective. The second one, I don't use this so often, but it's authoritative. Authoritative suggests that you have authority, not in the sense of power, but in the sense that you know what you are talking about. You're, you're an expert. You have confidence. Um, this kind of tone shows that your opinions deserve respect because they are accurate, true, reliable and trustworthy. Those words again this is what a reader is looking for when they read your article. A reader wants to think that what they're reading, you know, when you read a newspaper, you don't want to read the kind of rubbish that our British newspapers talk about, the kind of lies they, they tell and the bias and the prejudice. You don't want all of that. You want accurate facts. Um, true, reliable, meaning people can rely on what you say. They can trust what you say. This all comes into your voice. And of course, I don't mean your spoken voice. I mean your written voice, the way you present your arguments, your points, your claims and your evidence. Next one is the adjective balanced. Now, with IELTS questions, you'll get some questions which ask you to discuss both sides and some questions which say to what extent do you agree or disagree. So with the second type, you have the option of giving a completely one-sided viewpoint. 
because they've asked you how strongly or how much do you agree or disagree. I don't really recommend that. I, I prefer a balanced uh, viewpoint. It seems to meet the band descriptors as well. It, it, it says that you need to cover both or all parts of the question equally. Um, so a, a balanced approach is safe. Um, so it's balanced in terms of showing both sides, whichever one you agree with, you, you always show that you understand the other side, that you show awareness. Again, this will give you authority. This will show that you, you have a really good knowledge of the subject. So a synonym or similar word to balanced is objective and unbiased. So objective means you see the thing as an object. You're outside it. You're not personally involved. You're just assessing as an outsider. And unbiased means that you don't have any personal uh, favoritism or you, you, you're just being completely neutral. Of course, there's a point in the essay where you have to get off the fence. You can't be neutral. You must show whose side you favour. But you can do that while also showing a balanced assessment of both sides. Next one is clarity is the noun. The adjective is clear. So it's a good uh, word formation thing to learn anyway, uh, clear and clarity. So being clear is much more important than being complex. Clear language is much easier to follow, to understand and to, to judge than complex language where the examiner might have to try to find your opinion hidden under the language. So I would worry less about complexity and worry more about being clear. The next two adjectives are actually from the band descriptors. So there's a, a, a category which is coherent and cohesive. Um, I have a YouTube uh, video which explains this in more detail, but a coherent argument is logical and consistent. It, it makes sense. So what you said in the introduction, you follow through in the rest of your essay. And cohesive is the thing about linking it all together. It connects in, in a natural way. So it shows that your argument is clear again and carefully considered. So you can click through there and go to my blog on how to improve cohesion and coherence with things like natural linking words, reference words, things like that. Next word we've already mentioned, which is complex or complexity. Now, I do have a blog about how to make clear complex sentences just because people always ask me, how can I make my writing more complex? Well, you can do that without being confusing. Um, there are ways of making your language more complex, and that could be simply by linking with an and or a but or because or which. That doesn't make it confusing. It just makes it a little more complex, but still clear. So click through that link as well. 
Next one is the one I've just added, which is concise. And this is expressing what needs to be said without unnecessary words. The opposite would be wordy. So, so sometimes I've seen people give me an essay, which is about 340 or 50 words, and I find myself cutting out repetition or basically unnecessary words when I've already got the message. You don't need to repeat it in the same way or with synonyms. Now, the next word is really important. The word often is used in a negative way, but it's not negative in academic writing. Do you know what it is? When you say something negative about somebody or something, you criticise them, and that has negative a negative meaning. But in academic writing, it doesn't. Um, so the adjective is critical, and you should be critical. Being critical means that you evaluate, assess, examine, and judge the issue carefully, skillfully, and thoughtfully. This uh, skill of critical thinking is a completely separate blog in itself, which I must write, how to be critically, how to think critically in IELTS. So thinking critically comes back to that idea that you're looking at the question, you're not just taking it at face value. You are saying yes, but, or no, but, and I know people think this, but there's the, also this side. So it's just thinking carefully about that information and how it is presented. It's the same as you, you know, when you watch the, the news these days, um, a, a lot of people watching the news well, let's say those terrible newspapers that don't like Meghan Markle in the UK, um, you know, they'll say things about Meghan Markle that they didn't say about Kate. So you've got to be really critical about how you read what they say about the people that they don't like. You can see that it's completely biased. You have to see through it. You have to see where this information is, is coming from. So thinking critically, um, you know, reading again, reading newspaper articles, serious newspaper articles um, will, will help you to do that. It'll help you question what you read. Um, I'm going to skip the next one. The next one is defensible. I don't use it often, but it is an academic word because they say that you must be able to defend your arguments especially when your arguments could easily be criticised. So, you're, you're, yeah, you, you need to be able to justify or support and defend your arguments. The next one we mentioned with a synonym, this one is impersonal. Academic language needs an objective, impersonal tone. That's I-M for mother, impersonal. Um, so that means you should avoid the characteristics of personal language. Personal language is, you know, when you say I or we or um, uh, they, <laughs> um, it is okay to use I in IELTS writing. You can say I believe or in my opinion. That's, that's fine. Um, 
although there are ways of avoiding being personal in if you are writing for a university essay, you might prefer to say this essay will show rather than I will show or use passive voice like it is often argued rather than I think. So that means taking the personal out of the thinking. Next word is logical, logical, opposite, illogical. So a logical argument is based on reason and good judgment. Again, that word reason, it doesn't mean give me a reason why. It doesn't mean that. It means it means carefully thought out um, thinking, arguments, and a sense of what is right and what is wrong. So good judgment. So a logical link, for example, is a connection between two things that makes sense. And there are some nice collocations here. A logical outcome, a logical conclusion is the most sensible or the most reasonable one, judging by what you already know. Um, next one is objective. We've talked about that. So it means you're not influenced by personal feelings or opinions when you're considering and representing the facts. Synonyms impersonal, impartial, and unemotional. Again, good, good vocab. Next one is persuasive. The adjective comes from the verb to persuade. When you persuade the reader, you try to get them to believe that your arguments are correct, and you use reasoning and strong examples that illustrate and support your points. Synonyms for persuasive could be convincing, um, effective, compelling, powerful. And again, on my blog, you can click through and it says writing structures that strengthen your argument. There are ways of presenting your points and your evidence that gives makes your argument stronger and more persuasive, more convincing, more effective, more powerful. Next word is more about vocabulary. It's precise, but you can also apply it to um, the examples that you give. Precise, the noun is precision, and this means choosing the exact words, the right words. So avoid being vague and imprecise. So if you say things like it's a good idea or it's a great idea, that's quite vague. Try to use more um, precise words like um, productive or effective or valuable or something like that. Um, next word is redundant. This is a new word to some people I know because I used it in the writing workouts during last COVID summer. And we talked about redundancy when you say things like it is often thought by many people. Well, you don't need to say by many people, because you said it is often thought. That means by many people. Or when you say there are many countries globally all over the world, you know, you don't need to use all of those words. So redundancy is when you're using words unnecessarily. Relevant, positive adjective, opposite irrelevant means, of course, 
your examples should be closely related to the question and not off-topic, irrelevant off-topic. Next one, supported. All of your claims should be supported with examples, evidence or explanations um, so that they have more validity. Validity is the noun from valid, which is the next word, meaning that they are well-founded, they are rational, they are credible, they are easy to believe because their basis is in logic or fact. So your arguments must have validity. They must be um, believable or true, reliable, trustworthy, all of those words that we talked about before. So those are all the positive ones. And I'm coming now to the part in my blog where you can practice. There's a little activity there you can practice with flashcards. I'm coming to the negative ones now. So the first negative one is anecdotal. Anecdote, an anecdote is a story. And it's something that I would really recommend in the speaking test, in the speaking part two, that you do build a story. An anecdote is great for part two. It, it makes you use the past tense or more variety of tenses. It uses adjectives and interest and things like that. But that's not what you want in academic writing. Academic writing, this is the mindset you have to get into. It has to be serious, scientific, uh, based on facts, based on evidence. Whereas anecdotal is usually based on something you saw or something you heard rather than proven facts. Um, another word is confusing when your arguments or logic simply don't make sense and the reader is confused by them. This could also be due to over complex language. Next word, there are two words with Slightly different meanings, but you will get, you'll understand what I mean if I say don't be emotional or emotive. They both mean expressing your feelings rather than being neutral. So any emotional language could be something like wonderful or magical or terrible or amazing. It's, it's designed to cause an emotional reaction. That's okay if you're describing a film that you saw and you want to say to your friend, oh, it was this an amazing film, but not for scientific or factual language. It does not fit. It's not appropriate. You'll need to say something like the, um, the uh, special effects were, were very effective or, you know, something again more precise than just amazing Next one is exaggerated, exaggeration. Synonym is hyperbole. Funny word, I know, hyperbole. Um, but that's when you present something as being larger or better or worse than it is in reality. So, you know, sometimes when you're in a hurry and in the conclusion, you might say, you know, if we don't fix this soon, we'll, we will all die. It's a little bit of an exaggeration and not precise enough for academic language. And the same goes for the next word, which is flowery, my favourite word. Um, I, I kind of say this, like this example here, 
it's a famous one because I, I don't know, I just remember it. Somebody said about children, they're a wonderful blessing from God in the first line. And it, it breaks all of those rules. It's, um, you know, it's not factual. And it's flowery. Wonderful is an emotional word. Um, it, it's completely non-academic and unscientific. So I call that flowery language. Nice sounds nice, but not appropriate for academic language. Uh, the next one is generalizations. We've talked about being specific. Um, here is the tendency for people to say, uh, you know, most women prefer to look after children or um, men choose scientific, prefer scientific subjects. That kind of stereotyping um, is not academic. You have to find a way of saying something closer to the truth. And this comes in the hedging lesson, which again is on my website. You know, if you said something like women have traditionally taken the role of housekeeper, then that is way more accurate than saying all the women I know stay at home and look after the children. <laughs> it's it's just choosing your right uh, expressions and, and way of expressing things. The next word is mechanical. So, you know, the, the word mechanic Mechanical is, is being something like a, a robot. Now, the example I give here is when people put words that they think are linking words at the start of every center, sentence. So they say, moreover, besides, in addition, therefore, at the start of every sentence. This is quite, it's just mechanical. It, it's not a natural way of linking your sentences together. And I would say, I would avoid that. Um, next is memorized. Now, it's a funny one because all language is memorized. So you have to use certain chunks of language, like collocations, like a detrimental effect is a memorized chunk. And that's great. But the one that is not approved of is where you say um, things like, I have discussed, I have considered both opinions and I will outline my opinion below. It's that kind of memorized long sentences that don't have any of your own thought or language in them that is not appropriate. Next word is opposite of concise and it's rambling, something I tend to do in a podcast. Rambling is when you're long, confusing, tending to digress from the main point or covering a wide range of subjects, lacking in focus and structure, illogical, incoherent. Um, the, the structure of your essay can really help you avoid rambling. Um, the four paragraph, the points, the peel system I've talked about before will help you just avoid digressing and, and sticking to just two or three points. Repetition, being repetitive, saying the same thing in different ways, but not developing your points. So I see this happen where you maybe state your point in the introduction and then you, you mention it again in the main body and then again in the conclusion. I mean, 
you do have to restate your opinion in the conclusion, but without repeating exactly what you've said three times before. So again, it's a skill that has to be developed like being concise. Um, the next one is subjective. We've talked about that. And the final one is vague. And we've talked about that. So I think I'm going to stop there. There's a whole list of academic nouns like collocation, concession, convention, counter-argument. I might keep that for a separate podcast if that's okay with you. Um, yeah, I will. Okay, so please go and find this blog on my website, ieltsetc.com, and I'll put the link in the show notes. If you have any words you'd like to add to these, please let me know. Any words your teacher uses with you that you're not quite sure about, and um, any questions you've got about any of these, just drop me a line. You can contact me via my uh, website on the contact uh, list or, you know, any of my social media accounts, IELTS ETC on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And you can leave me a message here, actually, on the podcast, although I do miss them sometimes, I'm afraid. I don't always see them for some reason. Okay, thanks for listening. Let me know if you've got any thoughts. And um, if you enjoyed this, please leave me a nice five-star review. Thank you. Bye-bye.